Welcome back to yet another spooky edition of View the Right Thing. In this two-part episode, Wes and Steve go down under to investigate the unexplained and unnerving disappearance of a teenage girl and the apparitions that follow in Lake Mungo. Next, the boys gather round the campfire for a review of the horror anthology Tales of Halloween. So double-check that your doors and windows are locked, sharp knives are put away, and have plenty of lights on. And whatever you do, never try to hide in the closet. It's time for an all-new Halloween episode of View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back for... Yes, welcome to a scary edition of... I mean, go for it. You're doing so well. Oh, I wanted you to take it from Oh. You, the right thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Scary. You were doing such a good job, though. I uh, just, you know, thought, hey, it's almost Halloween. Let's get into it. Steve, it's been like a whole week. <laughs> Has it? Uh, I don't know if it's been a whole week, actually. It's been about a week, Steve. In a good way or a bad way? No, I'm just saying it's. It, I haven't seen you in about a week. No, we hung out on Saturday. Did we? What did we do on Saturday? Uh, we were over at our buddy's birthday yeah, thing. Yeah, it, uh, it was Bingo's birthday. <laughs> bingo. Oh, good old Bingo. I love to call him Bingo because of that Yahoo article. It was um, Daniel's birthday. Former guest host, Daniel Weiss. It was his birthday. Oft mentioned Daniel yeah. Weiss. We watched some fun uh, Halloween episodes of old TV shows. It was a good time. Yeah, we played uh, Drawful. Drawful. Drawful's pretty fun. Yep. Um... Okay, yeah, so we did see each other. Yeah. But before that, we did this. Yeah, we recorded. We watched movies. An episode. And we recorded a movie. Yes, I actually have seen you a lot in the yeah, last man, week. man, we're doing fine, baby. I think I've seen you like, this is the fourth time I've seen you in a week, actually. Maybe that's true. No, not quite. I try not to keep score. A little more than a week. Time is a flat I do. West. I keep score because I'm like, I got to get, I got to fill my Steve quota. Oh. Yeah, I, go th- I, I start jonesing for Steve. That uh, sounds like something you should get checked. I get itchy. No. Itching. Itching for Steve. Gotta get a little Steve in my life. This is a very interesting timing for such a conversation. We won't go into it. Well, okay. Um, where were we? We were today. We're going to talk about movies. Yeah, we are. We always talk about movies. That's, that's all we ever talk about. That's why I like it because I love movies. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, Lake Mungo. Lake Lake Mungo. It's an Australian yeah. film. It's a real real place. Real um, place in Australia. We're going to talk about Tales of Halloween. We have Mad Max takes a bath. Tales of Halloween. Very recent movie. Yep. And then we're going to talk about our theatrical film this week. Yeah. Jack Reacher, Never Stop Reaching. Never Stop Reaching. Apparently, the actual subtitle is Never ne- Let Go. Or never Go or Back. Never Go Back. Yeah, but I like Never Stop Reaching. Never Stop Reaching. Jack Reacher, reach for the stars, Tom. One of these movies is highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And the other two? Not as much. Oh, all right. I watched a movie that might be rated highly on Rotten Tomatoes not too long ago. Yeah. In honor of Halloween, I revisited Lon Chaney, Bella Lugosi, and Claude Rains in The Wolfman. Yeah? Yeah, pretty fun. I don't think I'd seen that since I was maybe uh, in elementary school or something. I don't know if I've ever seen it. 
A werewolf is it gonna bite you? I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check its rating on Rotten Tomatoes while we're talking. Check it out. It was a. Uh, it was an entertaining watch. And then immediately after that, um, my friend that I was watching the movie with was like, "You know what else I haven't seen? An American werewolf in London." Tell me you watched it immediately. And I said, "Yo, dude, it's a day of the week in a year that we're alive. That means I'm down to watch American Werewolf in London, and uh, that's a that's always great." Is it always Santo e Blue Demon versus Dracula El Hombre Lobo? See American Werewolf in London, right? Yeah, that's Clearwater. Totally. Griffin Dunn wears a lot of scars. It's not on Rotten Tomatoes. The Wolfman isn't on Rotten Tomatoes. Pres- President Wolfman is President. I think I've seen that. I think I've actually seen President Wolfman. The real Wolfman, oh, Fury of the Wolfman, Wolfman from 1979. Wolfman with Lon Chaney Jr. No, and Claude Rains and Bella Lugosi no. isn't on Rotten Tomatoes. No, but the Wolfman with Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins and Emily Blunt is. Oh yeah, I saw that in theaters. As is Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman. Nice, but that has no rating. What about uh, Teen Wolf? Well, that's that's a completely different search. Oh, then don't sweat it. Don't sweat the Teen Zoltan, Wolf. Zoltan, Zoltan, the Wolfman. Baby, you're American teen. You're uh, you're singy today. Yeah, I had so a good. Uh, I had a really nice singy songy shower, and I guess I didn't get all the song out of my heart. So we're talking Halloween movies, specifically Lake Mungo and Tales of Halloween. Yeah. I forgot to do my Australian accent for Lake, Lake Mungo that time. Let me ask you a question before yeah. we get in. Let's talk trailers. Trailers. Is there any good trailers this week? Oh, yeah. Well, well, maybe we discussed this last week, but I mean, Logan. I have not watched it, and we did not discuss it last week. I, You know my feeling on watching trailers. I understand. So. I, I do understand. Uh, the Logan trailer is pretty cool. And yeah. I actually, when it started, I was like, oh, boy, because this is not a spoiler. Uh, the trailer starts with Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah. And I was kind of like, come on. That'd make me pretty skeptical, too. Like, super obvious choice. But then, like, it, within the next 15 seconds, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, duh. Of course. Yeah. This song needs to be on the, what is essentially the Old Man Logan trailer. But it's yeah. just called Logan. And I was like, yeah. Uh, foot in my mouth. Obviously, this is the perfect pick. I can't think of any other song that would fit that trailer better. However, we are living in a time when trailers are being put together with really, really terrible songs on them. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. We have. Okay. So then I this whole thing about Lord. Yeah. And it's not Lord's fault. I'm saying it's this thing where let's get somebody that sounds like Lord. I think we did this whole discussion last episode. We probably did. That's how nuts it drives me, Wes. Yeah. This is carving on my tombstone next week. I will say that um, I saw a commercial for a computer. Oh, yeah? That had um, a pure imagination, like kind of a, a that kind of version of pure imagination. It was like a slow, like kind of... I think I've seen this. Girl, and it's a, it's a new tablet thing. It's a Surface Studio. Yeah. Coolest looking computer. That's a great commercial. Cool. Absolutely makes me want to buy it. That's fine. It's for a computer. Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen too many computer commercials that follow that. Well, I mean, it's uh, advertising. Still it's still advertising. Yeah, I get you. Uh, I saw one for Arrival with 
Amy oh, Adams. Now, what Lord song was used in that? I don't or rather recall a Lord song in that one. Hopefully not. I feel like Amy Adams is usually in movies that don't. Do did that. you see? Did you see the trailer for it? The real one? Like yeah, actual at, trailer for it at Jack Reacher. At yeah. Jack Reacher. Um, yeah, Arrival. Arrival looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I w- no question about I it. I kept seeing YouTube ads for it and stuff, and it was real, real vague. They showed a lot more in the trailer. Yeah, and I thought it looked really great. I also saw um, another Amy Adams one for Nocturnal Animals. Ooh, I've not even heard of this. Um, so uh, our buddy, not really our buddy, but um, Tom Tom Ford, who directed A Single Man. Oh, cool! Hiya, Tom Ford. Yeah, we uh, miss you. Yeah, we, well, Come I sure hang out. I sure was caught off guard by A Single Man. I, I yeah. was. Very, very impressed with that. Um, so he did a new movie with Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal and some other people. Wow. And uh, it's um, – it's I think it's going to have sort of similar like sad, somber, slow-moving, beautiful mm. kind of film. Um, and it's about this woman who uh, is no longer married. She has insomnia and her oh. husband uh, used to refer to her as a nocturnal animal. There you have the title. And uh, and he, her strange husband, sends her this book that he wrote called Nocturnal Animals. He dedicated it to her. Aww. And it's full of, like, ultra-violent, oh. like, mystery, murder mystery type stuff. Oh, God. Um, tonally kind of remind this the trailer tonally reminded me a bit of, like, Gone Girl. Oh. Um, Gone Girl, when it gets violent. Oh, yeah. It gets violent. Yeah. Um, violence, you're turning violence, violence. <laughs> so the movie, it looks like it's um, some real world, some inside the book. Oh, yeah. Right. It looks really, really cool. Sounds cool. Yeah. Nocturnal Animals. And if it's got Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean, it's probably going to be all right. Nocturnal Animals. Those Nocturnal are two people creatures. that I enjoy watching a lot. Animals. Let me just verify that title. All that's of a sudden I'm uh, doubting myself in this like Nocturnal Creatures or something. Hey, man, that's okay. I'm in a movie... That has a title that I very often mix up. Nocturnal Animals. Also has Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah, go ahead. What's the movie you're, that gets mixed up? Well. Sharknado. Gets mixed up with Sharknado 2 all the time. 2, 3, and 4, baby. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a movie that's now called The Shadow Man. Woo! But before that, it had a title that was the opposite of a movie that's already existing by opposite, you mean if it used to if it used to be green, it, it became red. One was called or one was green. Up there, one was, oh, one you're going to say it down there. Yeah, okay. Now it's called the Shadow Man. I'm excited, but uh, yeah, but I would always mix them up. Like when I was filling out my resume or whatever, I'd be like, "Wait a minute, am I in up there or am I in, in down there?" I forget. Um, I tried to watch the one that's not the one I'm in. Mm-hmm. Snooze Fest. Snooze Fest. That's all I'm going to say. Not going to say the real name of the movie because, uh, you know, maybe you'll like it. Maybe I need to give it a second chance. I don't know. But the first 10 minutes, zonk. Yeah, but you you fall asleep in just about everything. You've fallen asleep in some really great films. I didn't fall asleep at Werewolf in London the other night. Okay. But I did fall asleep in The Wolfman because it's black and white. You were falling asleep during Lake Mungo. I was really falling asleep during Lake Mungo because Lake Mungo is very quiet and very slow and quiet. I put Desi it's on good. Steve, Steve Duty. And she did a great job. She did do a good job. I saw her like looking over quite a bit to make sure she caught you quite a bit. <laughs> like Mungo was a really, really cool idea. Cool story. Very well done. Mm-hmm. It's just very quiet and slow. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Should we just dive into Lake Mungo? Let's do it. Good eye. No Lake, diving. Lake Mungo. Now it's time for Lake Mungo. No diving in the shallow end. You're in Lake Mungo, Australia. My buddy Bradley's going to kick me in the face for that. Well, it's funny because there's like you're talking about like don't dive in the shallow end of Lake Mungo, but it's a dried oh, yeah. up lake. It's not dried there's up. No, there's no water there. Crikey! All right. <laughs> All right so you mentioned Bradley. Yeah. Bradley's Australian, right? You know Bradley, yeah. Yeah, T- Tasmanian actually. It's, it's funny. Um, I looking over right now. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Is right it here? Over there somewhere is. It's funny. Desi has a book right there. The yeah. Blue Day. The Blue Day book. Oh, it's, a, cool. it's one of Desi's favorite books. I we've had that in our little book collection since before we were married. Oh, and then we come to meet Bradley now living out here in California. Yeah, and he wrote that book. That's excellent. Yeah, so I only have check out the Blue Day book. I think I have two of his books. I know I have at least one. Pictures of little frogs and animals, Aww. cute little animals in it. The Blue Day book. Yeah. Hey, let's plug Bradley. Really yeah, quick. I like Bradley. Bradley's check a great out- guy. Check out wonderful author Bradley Trevor Grieve. He's great. It's like G R. Uh, I think his is actually spelled E I. E I, not I E. Yeah. Yeah. Bradley E-I- Trevor Grieve. Can't E-I- miss him. Great, great fella. Good guy. Does some neat books. He's going to be very mad at me with that Australian accent I just did. Yeah. We'll make sure we tag him. Yeah. When we post the episode. You know, we should have asked him if he's ever been to Lake Mungo. We should have. You can ask him and maybe report back. Next oh, yeah. episode. I'll do that. Uh, okay, so Lake Mungo is a documentary, documentary style. style. I mean, it's it's a mockumentary, really. But Oh, you're giving it up already? Well, I mean, they've seen it. That's true. They better have seen it. Yeah. Y'all seen it, right? Were you were you unsure for some I of the I was movie? very unsure. Yeah. Yeah, for the first few minutes, I was like, I don't want to know yet if this is real or not. And yeah. Then that one moment happens, I'm like, this has to be a mockumentary, right? But it's very well done. Like, everything is just the right tone, just the right level of Performances realistic. are, like, dead on. Yeah, it's really, really, really well done. Yeah. Um, Desi, he, has he seen it before? Yeah. Once or twice, even. Uh, and uh, we, we had to pause. I think you t- had to take a phone call during yeah. it. So we paused it, and then she looked at me, and she goes, I don't remember. Is this movie real? Oh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it's um, it's just so well made. Uh, it it legitimately feels like a documentary. Yeah. Um. So, uh, in Absolutely. this in this film, this family is recounting their experience um, of the time of and after uh, a family member's death. Yeah. In in a lake. Um, Alice. Yeah. Now, she drowned in a lake with water in it. With water in it. Not Lake Mungo. What do they refer to it? They refer to it as something else. They like, don't call it a lake. It's not like, quite a creek, not quite a pond, not a lake. They like refer a, to it not like it's the dam, but something like that. The 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 dingle. The uh, lagoon. The... Um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly uh, exactly how they refer to it now. So, uh, so anyways, so, um, oh, they, they say it's a dam in, uh, one of these things here. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, takes place in Ararat. Ararat. Australia. That's fun to say. A-R-A-R-A-T. So, uh, this, the daughter or sister, depending on whose perspective you're talking to, uh, dies, Alice dies. Alice. And, um, after she dies, uh her brother Matthew starts to 
see things in Ooh. photographs that he he's been taking. Uh-oh. He sees a picture of um of Alice uh in the backyard. Ooh. Standing. Months after she's died. Standing over by the fence. Standing over by the fence. Looking good. And so um he sets up cameras to try and catch things and he does catch some shadowy figures moving around in the yeah, house after everyone's yeah. gone to bed. Um of course the family's having dreams and dreams hallucinations. Um and uh it turns out that Matthew is faking the, oh, man. the video footage. I guess that makes sense. People have been faking ghost sightings for almost a century now, maybe even longer. So yeah, and that's and that's what um, really kind of kind of beautiful about the film is that it's uh, they set it up as this sort of ghost story, and then they pretty pretty early tear that down. Yeah, and it becomes a, a documentary about uh, or a documentary a documentary about. Um, this family like struggling with grief yeah. and like the, the hole that this girl has left in their, in their lives yeah, and how um, like legacy can continue to sort of live on in mysterious ways after they're gone. Very and th- mysterious. And, and that's what happens with, with Alice. Um, uh, they, uh, they have some more sightings. Yeah, they do. Um, and then they the, find some more footage. Yeah, so they they find they have more sightings. They ultimately figure out that the sightings aren't legitimate. Um, they they go see a uh, a psychic. Oh yeah. And then um, they find out that the psych that Alice had been seeing the same psychic. Whoa. And he didn't tell them. Um, and they decided that he was just sort of. Shining them on, I suppose. Right. Um, Until that bedroom moment. The bed, the bedroom it happens moment. at the way very end of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! With the hypnosis. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was a re- well. It was at least really good editing. You know, if you were to think of it as a documentary. Yeah. Um. So they find uh, as I go through and looking at at photos um, that the son had taken just sort of not believing that it was really him and, you know, was, was Alice really there? Yeah. And, uh, the mother finds, uh, uh an image of their next door neighbor. Uh Oh, um, in Alice's room. And so she starts investigating, like, why was he there? And they find a hidden, like a little hidden thing in her room. Oh no. Apartment. And it's got a VHS tape. That's a sex tape. Whoa. And she was, Alice was spending some time with, uh, wasn't this guy also a teacher too? Uh, no, she was their babysitter, the next door neighbors. Ah, that's it. She'd um, been getting busy with this guy and his wife. And his wife having having some under the cover fun. And again, just sort of this idea that like you know the things you leave behind continue to tell a story. Yeah, um, a story that leads to like Mungo. Yeah. Uh, they see some more footage. They see some cell phone footage of this trip that the the seniors took to Lake Mungo. It's right. like a camping trip. And Alice is very, like, upset and disturbed in it. And then they see in the background she's burying something out of Lake Mungo. So they decide they got to go. Yeah, find out, what she buried. Figure out what's going on. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And the family is kind of like trying to move on, but there's all these like sort of lingering questions that they have that they have to sort of answer before they can move on. Yeah. Um, there's this like sort of thick feeling in their house. <laughs> and so they go to Lake Mungo, they find the spot and they find like her bracelet and her phone and some other Nick and brick brack, brick a brack. I don't know. Brick a brack. Um, See, so, I was going to say knickknacks. I want to say knickknack. You're going brick a brack? But I'm going to go with brick a brack. Uh, All right. So they get the phone charged up and they watch uh, that. They watch on the phone. There's some videos at oh, Lake Mungo. That's right. Oh, no. And, uh, this part's scary. Alice Alice had seen herself yeah. coming out of the darkness toward her. Um, very slowly. A very uh, dead, dead version of herself. So she basically saw her death. Waterlog. Um, and the dad realizes that it's the same same image that he he has in his head of of his daughter when he had to identify the body body after they found it in the in the lake. Yeah. Um and once they find mm-hmm. this stuff, they've kind of uncovered what she's left behind. This, that the things that she left behind that nobody knew about. Yeah. Um, they they decide like, oh, the thickness in the house is gone, and we we're not under this cloud anymore. And uh, they decide to move, and that's when we get that really cool um, intercut hypnosis thing where, when um, the psychic would hit like put them under yeah. he'd have them walk through the house and so he's got the mom walking through the house and it's intercut with alice who's in hers and she's in her room yeah and then the mom comes into the room and then it cuts to alice and she's like my mother's here but she can't see me and then it cuts to the mother and she's like alice isn't here anymore yeah that was cool yeah it was nice a, touch. a really nice touch um and the family feels better and they move on and that's the end right Sounds like the end of Lake Mungo. Except during the credits, we see um, images we've seen throughout the film. Photos, recordings, things like that. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that um, Alice really maybe was there the whole time. So you'll see the, the backyard photo. Right. And instead of looking at the Alice that he superimposed in the photograph, yeah. Alice is actually sitting off to the side. No! Um, the birthday one is one of my favorite ones. I'm trying to remember what the birthday one looks like. The birthday like. one's like a video, and they come down like this, and they see you see the cake. Yeah. I say like this, and the audience, the listeners can't see, but the they camera like uh, pans and tilts down. Motion. Yeah, it kind of swoops in, and you see the cake, and then it cuts back and you see it swoop again but it freezes as it's going past the door frame you can see alice in the other room looking oh, at the camera um, scary yeah so there's, there's like uh oh like five four five six of those yeah there's I a whole there's brother one of, had been faking she was there and really she and really was she was there, there the whole time and they really did sort of like help her move on by although <laughs> although they take that photo outside before they outside. move away it opens the the movie opens on this photo, yeah, of them of the three of them standing outside on their moving day, and uh, and the, the camera zooms in on the window in the background, oh, yeah. and Alice is there. As soon as it showed that photo in the beginning of it, I was like, "Oh, there's something in that window." Yeah, I knew it, but I'm glad that then I was proven right. So yeah. that made me feel good as an observer. Yeah, you know it, but you can't see it. Right. It's like, like when they show it originally, it's like. 
Uh, there's just kind of a white glare on the window. Yeah. Could be nothing, but probably something. And then sure enough, yeah. it's something, baby. Yeah, Lake Mungo, pretty cool movie. Unfortunately, I did doze off a lot. I was you able did. to hear the whole thing. But yes. boy, oh boy, it's just, it's a very mellow movie. I mean, there's really only one scare in it. And everything else is just kind of like, here are scary facts and here are scary yeah. ideas. But there's only one thing that really... Because it's really about grief. Yeah. It's, it's not really about the death. Yeah. It's about what happens after the death. Yeah. Lake Mungo. Well done, you guys. Well done, people of Lake Mungo. Now, uh, what would you rather revisit, Lake Mungo or Computer Chess? Computer. I, don't, I haven't seen Computer Chess. Oh, okay. Well... When you get to it, get so, to it. So Lake Mungo. Lake uh, Mungo, there you go. Lake Mungo, also 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shnikes. Yeah. Very, That's really good. Very well received. I don't even think Captain America 2 got 93%. The Winter Soldier? Well, there's probably more people reviewing Captain America 2. There's about 50, somewhere Touché. between 40 and 50 people reviewed Lake Mungo, so it's less. Um, but uh, That's a very good point. But still, for I mean, if... 43 people is, is nothing to sneeze at. No. So. No, not at all. I, oddly enough, don't have to sneeze right now. I usually always have to sneeze. Yeah. It'll happen before the episode's out. Should we talk about a day, or rather a night, that's very near and dear to our hearts? Uh, A day or a night? Well, Halloween. Yeah, let's, let's let's come back to that in a second. And tales of it. Uh, I I was thinking about trailers. Oh yeah, again. Uh, so we also saw the John Wick two trailer. Did you see that? I did not see the trailer for John Wick two. It looks like more of the same. Okay, but I mean, I loved the first one. I had a lot of fun in it. I think I don't think it's that great of a film, no. but it's really enjoyable. It's such a fun movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like it starts off as one thing and then it kind of evolves into like, oh, there's. Quite a bit more going on yeah. with this, and it's fun, yeah. So this looks like the same thing, Cool. Um, All right. Lawrence Fishburne in it. Really? Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. That's um, cool, man. He's cool. But we also got uh, that that uh, Matt Damon movie, the Great Wall of China movie. The Great Wall. Yeah. Now, wasn't that called The Wall until just a few months ago? I don't know, but I think it looks terrible. I want it to be awesome. I don't, I don't, it looks really pretty, but there's like a lot of like dumb lighting stuff in it and like music, music video lighting. And, oh. um, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't look like it's very good. Oh boy. The lighting. I, I was like, please be good. The great wall. It's like, all, you, why is there like yellow and uh, green lighting? I, I don't know. I it's, haven't seen a trailer for it in months, so I really yeah, don't remember this. Yeah. There's some, some pretty like stuff that's not motivated. You know, now, uh, it's a period piece that, does, that has lighting that's not motivated. Yeah. Huh. Now, is it true that the entire soundtrack for that movie is just going to be Pink Floyd's The Wall? I hope so. Just played over everything? I don't know. I don't know. Matt Damon. I'm guessing that's not the case. Has become comfortably numb, right? Sure. I, y- yes, comfortably numb. Comfortably numb's cool. Kids, if you haven't watched The Wall yet, wait till you're old enough to understand it. It's on. It's in my bucket with uh, Daniel. The Wall with Pink Floyd? I've never seen it. Never? Never. Man, I've probably seen The Wall too many times. I've seen clips from it or like segments from it, but I've never seen the whole thing. Whoa. Let me know when you guys are going to watch that. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, Daniel hasn't done a podcast episode in a, a year. Sure. So. You hear that, Daniel? Unlikely. He doesn't listen to this. Throw it in our bucket. Mm-hmm. Mother, do you think they'll try to break my balls? I'll tell you what broke my balls. What? Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween? That was a nutcracker for you, huh? Yeah. Well, it didn't really break my balls, but, you know, we had um, our buddy, Neil King. What um, up, who was on uh, here with us a year ago. You're saying Neil gave us a bad steer. Neil steered us in a direction that I'm sure he really enjoyed the film. I really enjoyed the film. I, I did not. I understand. I, it was a, a, I thought it was a poorly made mishmash of but, ideas. But Richie Thompson owns the night, dude. Uh, it's, <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a strong enough argument. No, it's not, but that's, that's a funny uh, argument. Um, there were a couple, so Tales of Halloween was, a um, pretty recent. What was that? A Maybe 10 like, part. Yeah. It was last was year. Was it 10? Yeah. It was 10 parts. Wow. It was a 10 mini film things. What do you, what do you call that? An anthology? You would call it an anthology or you call them. Yeah. I mean, it's an anthology of vignettes, right? Vignettes. Um, about Halloween. Generally though, when you do a, an anthology film with vignettes like that, there's oftentimes some connecting thing other than just the fact that everything takes place on Halloween. Yeah. Um, at least the good ones do. Uh, this does not really connect. There are... It does and it does Characters who m- sometimes show up in the background of another f- of another story. Oh, yeah. But with different motivations or different history or... There's no sense of, like, timeline. There's no... Um, and I think it's because it's all different directors, there's you know, a lot of different directors. Ten, ten different directors. Holy shnikes. So. On one movie. Yeah. Uh, Dana Gould was in it. So what you're saying is there's too many cooks. Too many kitchen. cooks. Too many cooks. Let's watch that too again. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. That's so great. Um, uh, go on. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know that I could even begin to to knock out all of these stories and explain them. Um, yeah. There's one that's got like a really strong Halloween vibe. Uh, Halloween, it, the movie, Halloween, John Carpenter, Halloween, the movie for sure. Uh, they eat a carpenter bar. The kid is dressed up as a uh, snake Pliskin snake Pliskin. Yeah. There's a babysitter on Halloween night. Oh yeah. And the you horny got, boyfriend, the story of the little kid who kills his family while he's dressed like a clown. Yeah. You got uh, a very horny boyfriend. Yeah. Oh yeah. The parent. The parents in that. Did they show the parents in that? Yeah, you don't remember the parents come home at the very end and see him, and he's like, "They ate my candy." Oh right. Uh, Greg Grunberg. Yeah. And Claire Kramer. Um, I love Grunberg. They, I was just watching something else recently, and a character in that. Was watching Big Ass Spiders. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I was going to bring up Big Ass Spiders. Same director, Greg yeah. Grunberg and Claire Kramer, both cool, both reprising their characters in Tales of Halloween as the parents of this child. Apparently, radical. So at the end of Big Ass Spider, they spoiler alert, they uh, end up together. Oh yeah, and they're playing the same. The characters of the same name in this, right. directed by the same director. So. Uh, one might say that this is an unofficial. This is their Radioland murders. This is the Radioland murders. <laughs> Except that that was a prequel. Oh yeah, true. So Big Ass Spider is the Radioland murders <laughs> to this movie. Sure, if you want to look at that. All right, way. man. Um, That's great, dude. So there was another. There was another one. 
another vignette that was the one you referenced. Uh, I liked them all. Really? I mean, look, they they were fun. It's a very fun movie. They were all just so transparent and, like, obvious. And there was no twist. There was no uniqueness in any of them. Um... Maybe maybe that one that you're talking about with the Richie a hard time arguing had a little bit of a twist. Yeah, because you kind of thought one, maybe it was the, the kid getting up to no good with a guy. Yeah, what it is, it's a kid in a little devil costume wearing a devil mask. Uh, he meets. Well, what is it? His older sister and her friend and her jerky, probably trying to be her boyfriend, dude. Yeah. Trick this kid into throwing an egg at this old man's house. And when the old man comes out. And says, like, well, you're in trouble and takes the kid inside. Um, They do nothing to try to get the child out of the old man's house. And it's very alarming. Yeah. And then the old man and the kid in the devil mask. He's doing quotes, air quotes. They go out and they tear up the town. They shoot people. They spray paint Richie Thompson. They light stuff on fire. They light stuff on fire. They're stealing people's candy bags. They're going crazy. They meet uh, Adrian Curry. They meet Adrian Curry as and, herself. And, uh, yeah. Aren't you Adrian Curry? Oh, I love you. Can I get your autograph? It's so lame. Yeah. And then they steal her car. I don't know what Adrian Curry's famous for. She's, that, she's on a reality show. She she married the, the Brady Bunch guy. But she was on something before that, wasn't she? I wasn't don't know. She, I don't remember I don't either. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, it's you can tell this was a movie made by a whole lot of people. And they're buddies, and they had a fun time making it, it looks like. But that's not a good reason to make a movie and put it out. I agree, but it's I still had fun watching it. You know, I liked the Dana Gould versus uh, James uh, Duvall decoration fight. That was fun. Yeah, it was all I right. I liked... It was a kind of a, like, hey, old, old Halloween films versus new Halloween films thing. Yeah, I liked the pumpkin creeping around and eating people. The pumpkin did make me giggle yeah it was like, fun man he like grew those little uh roots and ran around yeah him running around was funny i didn't care about him eating the people but him running around was was a blast to watch but i really liked when he ate that first guy and he was like biting his head and basically yeah like he was biting into like pull it off all the way across his shoulders and so it's basically a guy just standing there with a fake pumpkin on his head just kind of shaking around yeah but i thought that'd be a fun idea for a costume mm. um you know, and it's fun is all I'm saying. I'm well, not saying it deserves five stars or even three, but it's fun. Do you remember Do you remember we, like, checked the time and only half an hour had gone by and you were like, this thing's not over yet? I was like, no, we got an hour to go. <laughs> I kind of remember that, yeah. Uh, so that that should tell you something. Also, every story was about the same thing. Every single story was about bullies. Sort of. Every single story had bullies and the bullies getting what they deserved. I don't think the pumpkin story had bullies spinning around the pumpkin running around that we were just talking about uh, i mean that was a cop going after a, a man-eating pumpkin but that's not how it started right it's pretty much how it started they were trying to destroy all the pumpkins right uh was some this, was uh, somebody like trying to i remember just starting with this guy just carving pumpkins and then well, he, how is that he nice? turns around and who's the bully and one of them just decides it's going to start eating him uh i guess the pumpkin's the bully sure no the guy's the bully why? Because he's cutting oh, he's up, carving the pumpkins, cutting up the pumpkins. So you're saying rather than this thing being a, an evil pumpkin that was like, I'm going to wait till somebody carves a face in he me was and taking, start eating them. He was taking back the night. Oh, so this pumpkin was kind of a Jason Voorhees. Yeah, he had been wronged. 
Yeah, I, I don't remember innocently. The, I don't remember the pumpkin story that well, to be honest with you. But it had uh, one of the girls from the remake of Halloween in it. Clib. Mm-hmm. What and, was her last name? I forget. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Clib, something Clib. Clib. Uh, Alex Esso was also in this film. Alex Esso from Starry Eyes. I love that movie. Didn't think that was that great of it. Uh, it was shot really well. Starry Eyes? The, no, or the, Alex scene. Esso, the Alex Esso. I like Starry Eyes. Her scene was cool, though. Like, it was, you know, she was at a, a Halloween party at her mom's house. Yeah, they were all spooking her. They told a story about a scary witch that follows people home. And so then the rest of the thing is her just trying to get home, and her car breaks down, and this and that. And, and she's just so her. freaked out that this witch is going to be right behind her. Yeah. And it's Alex Esso, you know. I'd, I'd watch yeah. her do Long Division. Sure. Um but yeah, I'm I'm not arguing with with you saying it's good and you're saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's fun. You know, you can slap it in. I had get m- some laughs. Out I had of it. moments that were fun, but I I don't think I would recommend this movie because it's fun, just for the sole reason that 30 minutes in you think it should be the end of the film, <laughs> and you've got an hour left to watch. That it, it was just all just so repetitive. <laughs> Um, um, sure, I can, you know, I can't well, argue with that. There was the one, too, about the Hansel and Gretel one. With the Hansel the, and Gretel one. Oh, with the real hot lady that, like, no way. She keeps she's squeezing her boobs to, like, get yes, ready that for was the kids. The Hansel and and she's, yeah, pulls out the ear out of her mouth. Yeah, what's her name from uh, The the Woman? Ooh. Okay. The Woman's um, a pretty intense movie. Uh, Just another one where it was just, like... It felt real confused, like it was two different kinds of films. Where it's like, there's a little bit of that. In some moments, there was like real creepy and moody and stuff, and then all of a sudden, it's like cartoony with like honking sound effects and squeezing like rubber, like balloon sounds. You know that squeak, squeaking r- balloon. Oh, sound? I remember. Yeah, I mean, it's just I'm like remembering why they made those balloons. It's like it takes you out of that moment every yeah. time they do stuff like that. All um, right. It just, uh, I don't know. I, I think if they had done five instead of ten yeah and double the length of all these and actually given us some story and some context and maybe a twist that we weren't expecting yeah i think i would have liked this movie a lot more what but about it, the it like western the, story with the kids on the bmx's and the hot girl who was like we're gonna we burned your parents trailer yeah, down just, and we're gonna kill you now kid. we knew exactly what was gonna happen pretty much from the beginning of the thing but how about that blood blast at the very end all right. That was awful. It was funny. I mean, it was like, was the a, guy got what he wanted. Yeah. Got, I don't know. Got those bullies killed. I, I didn't think it was that great. I, You know. All right. I like the I'm just trying to find pseudo reference to Karate Kid. For you. Uh, well, sure. I, liked the, I liked the pumpkin scurrying around. I thought that was funny. Pat Healy was in that one. Pat, that's what I was going to say earlier. Good old Pat, Pat Healy. Healy. Also in Starry Eyes. Also in Starry Alex. Yep. S.O. He's in a, he's in a really... Um, uh, underrated film Compliance. called Cheap Thrills. Cheap Thrills. I think I, I don't think I've che- seen th- Cheap Thrills, but I remember hearing about it and hearing people being like, "It's so good." Yeah, it's also a movie about bullies. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you you cast Pat Healy. I mean, there's a good chance that that's about bullies because he's sort of like an underdog nerdy type. Sure. So he gets kind of put in these situations where he's. You know, being bullied, or he's got power, so he bullies. Oh. I keep dropping my phone. I'm sorry. It dropped it on your foot. That's okay. My foot's been through worse. First time I ever saw Pat Healy was at Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. That's way under my seat. I think they were doing something involving the release of Cheap Thrills. Yeah? And, uh, or maybe it was Compliance. 
and uh, they did this sketch where he came out uh, in women's underwear oh. and basically just had like just the most nightmarish nervous breakdown you could ever imagine and it was so uncomfortable and just deranged and we all loved it yeah pat healy if you're listening keep up the big taters <laughs> uh big taters um say taters you kind of you kind of shorten that a sound in there, my friend taters so we discussed both movies. Yeah. Tales of Halloween. Oh, Sam Witwer was in. Oh, wait a second, though. What about the sort of Jason Voorhees one with the little alien guy? That was fun. No. No? No. Did not like it. Did not like. What about? Here's the, here's the problem with something like that. I'll tell you why I didn't like it. What about just watching the movie Trick or Treat? I would much rather do that. I would watch that movie ten times before I'd watch this one again. I think I watch Trick or Treat at least twice a year. Um. What I didn't like about the Jason Voorhees one with the alien uh, is I hate when movies um, minimalize the 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 evil in a character. All right. A good example is not a horror film, but a good example for me is Maleficent. Maleficent. All right. If you yeah. make her a hero, then it then it negates the whole Sleeping Beauty thing. Like, right. It just I don't know. Like. It's just, oh, she's misunderstood, and everybody yeah. else is the bad guy. It's not, I don't know. I have, if I never see Maleficent, I'll be okay. Yeah, it's okay. Desi liked it, but, you know, whatever. She's a girl. Um, she loves Sleeping Beauty. It's her I'm, favorite Disney film. I'm staying so. away from that comment, my friend. Um, <laughs> All I'm saying is if I never see it, I'll be okay. Yeah. Um, so in the same way, like, when you take a character that's that's a, a Jason Voorhees type. Yeah. It reminded me of the, the guy from The Cottage. The Katahe. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the farmer, the monster right? in that. Yeah, yeah. The farmer in that. Ooh, that guy's scary. Um, and then just turn him into like a cartoon character who's actually turns out to be kind of fairly easy to beat. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. I just don't like the idea behind that. It turns me off from it. Okay. I don't find it clever. I don't find it funny. It's like, um, I don't know. I don't want to go. I don't give the example. Freddy versus Jason. No, this is a little bit different. Alien versus Predator, also different, because neither of those films minimal, minimalized the evil or brutality of those characters. All right. Whereas this did. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like it did. You're saying once the alien shows it up, it turned him into a, sudden, a bumbling idiot. Jason guy is kind of a good guy. Is that what you're no, but it turned him into a bumbling idiot, and that and that's well, of course like he was a bumbling idiot. He had like half a head. He was it, okay. He turned into a cartoon character. Sure, I don't want to see a cartoon version of Jason Voorhees. But they were doing kind of like a, an Evil Dead homage, you know? No, then the alien because gets no, in the lady and no, it because kind of Sam Raimi. Because in Evil Dead, the, the the Evil Dead is always one step ahead of Ash. Very true. So like. The alien or the the well no, but the Jason the guy sort of, of the became woods. the Ash now. No, kind they of. no. That what they did is they tried to turn. No, that'd be like if Ash also became an Evil Dead. Wow, I mean like an Army of Darkness. No, well, when he has to fight Evil kind Ash, kind of, yeah. but have some hot chocolate or whatever he says. Yeah, maybe. So what you're saying is we should watch Tales of Halloween again right now uh, and absolutely. get our get our facts straight. Yeah, just <laughs> if you out, guys, if you window. guys could see how completely disappointed Wes looks in that idea, you would want to dip veggies in it. There's so there's so many things it. I'd rather do than watch Tales of Halloween again. It's not the worst film I've ever seen. It's um, 
a mild time. It just was uninspired. I expected a lot more out of it. And what uh, if you had gotten really high? Well, I've never gotten high, so it seems unlikely. Fair enough. What if you had gotten really massaged? Um, depends on who's massaging me. I don't like. Okay, now we're talking. I don't like strangers to uh, touch me. I now think. we're making some massage talk. But if you massaged me beforehand, maybe I'm maybe. terrible at I massage. I'm pretty sure I've lost girlfriends because of how bad oh, I am at massaging. It's uh, it is unfortunate. So should we should we get off this Tales of Halloween thing? Uh, happy Halloween, everyone! Happy if you Halloween. watched the movie and liked Don't it, don't forget your candy. Here's the thing: Happy Halloween. Here's the thing. Yeah, I'm glad that you liked it. I I enjoyed watching. it. I'm glad that you enjoyed watching it. Um, if people out there, Neil and whoever else re- likes this movie, that's fine. I'm really glad. Um, I think that there needs to be movies for all types of people, not just to cater to my tastes. There you go. It just was not my cup of tea. It's not something that you know people ask me if I'd recommend something. Not something I would I would recommend. All right, but uh, you know, there's something out there for everyone. What if I was in it? Um, you still wouldn't recommend it, bro? Help me get them residual uh, sure, pennies. Sure, maybe. I'm just messing no, with I don't you. Know. I don't know. Yeah, why not? I'm just breaking your I, balls, bro. Yeah. There's a difference between saying, "Hey, go out and buy this movie. My buddy Steve's in it, and I love this guy." please help keep food on his table oh. versus, Hey, go out and buy this movie. I think it's a truly great film. Touche. So what is a truly great movie? That's the end of that question. Just in general. Yeah. Or do you want to, do you want to specify like Halloween or yeah. Okay. I think the original Halloween is a truly great Halloween film. Agreed. I think, Trick or Treat is pretty close to being a great Trick Halloween Treat film. So much, um, I love that movie so much. Oh, Little Bo Peep. I think Mwah. it. I think if you, I think if you're into like um, slow burns and you really, uh, you don't mind a, a story moving slower. I thought Starry Eyes was very good. Yeah. I um. I think Rosemary's Baby is very really good in the same vein. Ooh. Um. All right, Desert Island. Uh oh. Desert Island, what? You you crash land on a desert island. Yep. You've got myself here. You've got a generator full of gasoline. You've got one TV, one D- DVD player, one DVD. What is that one DVD? Out of all movies? Yeah. E.T. the Extraterrestrial, my favorite film of all time. Oh. Kind of kind of ripped off Stranger Things though. E.T. ripped off Stranger Things? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. they went forward in time. They watched Stranger Things. They went back in time and said, let's do this. Damn that Spielberg. That'd be a bad idea for how to make a movie. To be like, we got to invent time travel. Then we got to go forward in time. Well, yeah, because... Then go back in time. Because it's all conditional, right? Like, yeah. I think if Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark came yeah. out today and had never been seen before, right? I think the reception would be very, very different now yeah then what it was then you saying better reception or probably worse, worse. I, I kind of agree i i say i all the as Indian awesome movies. as raiders is yeah yeah i think it's a fantastic film um I, my favorite is temple of doom i think that would be just destroyed by by people nowadays in the temple full of doom and my evidence to this is temple. kingdom of the crystal skull <laughs> Boy. see Whoa. but like him getting in the refrigerator in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull isn't 
less plausible than getting your heart taken out of your body and still being alive or um, jumping minecart tracks or Nazi faces melting. It's not any more implausible than any of those things. But touche. But it's made in a different time and people and it's a different pulp material that they based it on. Now we're getting to Indiana Jones, but. Um, I recently learned somewhere that nuking the fridge was actually an idea from a different movie, and I, that they set aside. I've and, actually read that it it actually could could have saved his life. Cool. Yeah, I've actually read that people are like, "Oh, couldn't do it." It actually could have saved his life. Awesome. Um, but I'll, just one last Indiana Jones point I'll make, since since people are listening to this and going, "You're an idiot, Wes." Yeah. It was terrible. Um. Those first films were based on one era of pulp novelization. Yeah. And so you you do, you know, 20 years later or so. Right. And you have a completely different era of pulp novelization, which is alien films and Tarzan and things like that, which yeah. is why you got commies. Shia La- and commies. So you got Russians of the bad guys, Shia LaBeouf swinging on vines, and you have aliens in the film. Very true. And um, the problem is that South Park's doing a whole season on this whole on this idea. Oh, really? But like, yeah. Um, the current season? Yeah. You, oh, wow. You people want to feel like safe and nostalgic, and that things never changed, and that the good old days are still here. Yeah. And so they want what they got before. Yeah. Um, so you're and- saying everybody wanted Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to be about more Nazis. Yeah, I think they wanted. I think they wanted sort of a bit of a rehash. I think they yeah. wanted a new story, but they wanted a bit of a rehash. Well, to that I'll say shame on them. Well, I mean, look at Star Wars, and you know, now um, do you think since Disney took over, do you think there's ever going to be a Star Wars project with a female protagonist? Like the one coming out in like a month and a half. Well, like the one that came out last Christmas. Oh yeah, that one too. The one coming out in the month and a half. The brand new Knights of the Old Republic game. So what? So what are you? What are you asking me? I'm just joking around. But it really oh. seems like ever since Disney took over, it was like like somebody was just like, "What about female heroes?" That's a really strong thing with um, multiple properties that Disney owns right now. If yeah. you look at like Marvel Comics, there's a, a huge push towards um, female centric heroes. Yeah, and they changed Thor to a woman. There's a lot more female led comics now. I'll tell you what, the um, day Captain America becomes a woman, already happened. Well then. America Chavez, she's getting her own book. Steve needs to get his tuxedo, baby. Steve is a filthy Hydra agent. Me? No, Steve Rogers. Don't you say that. It's true. You don't say that. It's true. He's a filthy Hydra agent who, hey, mur- don't say that. who murders people. Don't, um, don't say any of that. Oh, mean man. Yeah. Watch, watch the season of South Park. You are the fourth person to tell me that this week. It's all about the member berries. Member berries. Yeah, and there's, there's a huge thing about Star Wars and how it basically was. I mean, J.J. Abrams has talked about it before about how you have to sort of go home to move forward sometimes. Yeah, and when you have this huge gap, and you have to exclude the prequels because people are so divided over those prequels. So you have to look at like the gap isn't really between the prequels and this; it's right. really between the the original trilogy and this. Return of the Jedi and yeah. yeah. And so when you have such a huge gap, you have to go home in order for them to be able to do something new. That's fine with me, man. So, I love Episode Seven. I don't care what anybody says. Yes, but it is full of the same things from the yeah. other films. So I'm familiar with all that. Yeah. You got a you got a much prettier Luke Skywalker. You're part of the problem, Steve. You got a, I am sure. Everybody's part of one problem <laughs> or another. Fair enough. 
I'm part of the problem of like Americans being, you know, perceived as big fat blowhards. And apparently I'm also part of the problem of episode seven making billions of dollars. No, no, I saw no, no. it five times. You did see it a lot. Uh, no, I, I just meant like, and I don't really mean you're part of the problem, but I'm just mean that the mentality that like, hey, yeah, it's good to, to rehash the old thing. I don't really care. I, I actually really like episode seven. Um, yeah. I think it's fun. I don't mind. I, I actually agree with the idea that you have to sort of go back to go forward. Yeah. I mean, um, sometimes, you know. But uh, into the crevasse, lemon. But that would be one argument that we, you and I would be part of the problem. Whatever. We'll see what uh, you happens. Know, you know who else I'll be part of the problem for? Who's that? Uh, Trump's Nazis if he wins and all those white yeah. supremacists. I'm going to be part of their problem, let me tell you. Sure. Get my bat. Get, get your bat, some, Lucille. Club some Nazis. Or he won't win and hopefully they'll just shut up. Yeah, wrap, anyway. Wrap that bat in barbed wire. Got a little blue. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't advocate violence. I'm just referencing The Walking Dead, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, let's not even talk about it. But man, what an episode! Yeah, we don't want we don't want to say anything about it. And that's it. Because somebody's gonna be listening to this and be like, "I haven't watched I haven't it yet." Watched it yet. But I mean, the internet is already so full of spoilers. But we won't be part of that problem. We won't be part of that problem. Not today. Hot pot of coffee. We never, that we never episode. We never got to Jack Reacher, did we? Jack Reacher two. Reaching for the never, cruise. Never stop reaching. What do we got? Where always, does it start? Always keep reaching. Keep reaching for the stars. Reaching off, for the stars. Keep reaching for the stars. It starts off, he's in a diner. He's all beat up, and he's just beat the hell out of a bunch of guys in front of a diner. Yeah, well, we don't have to, like, break the whole thing down And there. some sheriffs show up, and the one sheriff's like, I'm going to arrest you, bro, but you're probably about to arrest me, aren't you? And Jack Reacher's like, that's right. If you guys want, want nice. to know why he knows this so well, it's because the Man. preview has been on everywhere over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So we've seen the scene many, many times. Um he gets this relationship with this uh, major, major, major Turner, played, played by, by Kobe Smulders, Smulders, who plays Maria Hill in the Avengers films. She also plays Robin. Uh, just yeah, she was Robin. She was How I Met Your Mother. Mm, Kobe Smulders. Okay. Kobe Smulders, we love you, bro. She's in one of those, uh, one of those like Nicholas Sparks movies too. I think. Oh really? Yeah, one of those like. Uh, I'm I'm I moved to an idyllic like coastal town. And yeah. uh, there's some vague plot about me being in danger. And some oh, yeah. Was it the one that, that's basically sleeping with the enemy all over again? I don't know. I with Juliana Huff or whatever? I think it's the one with Juliana Huff. Um, she was also that. in They Came Together with Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler, which is awesomely hilarious. I was going to say Juliana Huff. You don't like they her? They should stop putting her in movies. Oh. Go on. She, she's not very good. Did you see that one where she's she also, trapped in her car she, she with also the murderer? Dressed up in blackface last year for Halloween. Are you serious? Yeah. That sounds like something she'd do. Yeah, she's a big fan of Orange of the New Black, apparently. Wasn't it like her and her brother? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Or something like that. Um there's some movie floating around on Netflix where uh she picks up a hitchhiker who's this total, total honk. And then uh she winds up like flipping her car over and it turns out he's actually a serial killer who just Hitchhikes around the American desert, and whoever picks him up, he just torments and kills. But uh, so this time, she flips her car over, and she's trapped in it. And he just kind of is like, "I'm gonna come back for you in a little while," and all sorts of nope, never heard of it. Stuff ensues. It could be a lot better, but it's a, it's a pretty cool idea. I think it's called Juliana Car Flip. 
All right. I don't think that's what it's called. So Jack Reacher 2. Jack Reacher 2. <laughs> uh, so anyways, because of this whole thing you're talking about with the sheriff, yeah. he gets this relationship with this major. Major Turner. And they flirt a bunch over the phone. And she's like, yeah, if you ever come to D.C., look me up, big boy. Oh, yeah. So he goes to D.C. to look her up. And he finds out she's been arrested for treason. Like the day before he gets there. Yeah. And... Uh, and so he starts investigating it, finds out that there's uh, something amiss and there's some bad guys and they have to take down the bad guys and they have to go on the run because they both get wanted for murder and treason and whatnot. Yeah. Well, he had to break her out of jail right before she yep. gets murdered by these uh, parasource dudes. And then they have to go rescue his maybe daughter. His maybe daughter. That's right. Uh, What's her name supposed to be? I don't remember. Sam is the name Samantha. of the character. Yeah. She might be Jack Reacher's daughter. I got confused because at one point somebody calls her Claire. Oh, I don't remember that at or all. She call, refers to herself as Claire. And I was like, have they said her name yet? Is her name Claire? And then later on they say Sam. And I'm like, who's Sam? Wait a minute. I f- that's sparking a memory. And I almost think it was her making some sort of pop culture reference. Oh, I don't know. So anyway, so they go rescue this girl because the bad guys think that it's Jack Reacher's daughter. And they're going to try and like use her to get to him yeah and so they all three go on the run and it turns out that the maybe daughter is really good at she's she's very streetwise. yeah she's a good thief she's a chip off the old block she knows how to hide yeah she knows how to punch um how did you uh how did you feel about this movie you know i'll say it uh wasn't quite as entertaining as the first one nope um it felt long yeah um, about 20, 20 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, my friend that went with me, well, it was his idea to go and he fell asleep. Mm. Now I know how everybody else on the planet feels when they watch a movie with me. Um, there were two Trump supporters sitting on the other side of me who, uh, were very stupid. Like there was literally a scene where like major Turner just like says something to Jack Reacher. She's like, Hey, I can do this, you know, and I literally hear the one guy just turn to his buddy and go, she's a real bitch. And it's like, she didn't even say anything that was really all that, you know, B wordy, but this guy's just that much of an asshole. Wow. Yeah. Fucking, fucking guys. Pardon my French. Is that the first time I've ever sworn? No, you you, you try to stay away from it on the podcast. I feel like I've sworn plenty on this mic. I don't know. But yeah, uh, those guys were real jerks and, uh. And uh, but they were also probably close to seventy. I'm not going to pick a fight with seventy year old men. It's mm. the point. But they were jagoffs. Um, they <laughs> they were you know ruining the movie for me. Maybe that's it. Maybe they ruined the movie for me. I don't no, know. I don't think that's it. No. Okay. Um. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I, I didn't think it was as good as the first one. It feels maybe a little bit too long. I thought yeah. a lot of squandered directing opportunities. Um, how it was shot and. Um, sort of the scope of it felt um, like they made it intentionally smaller than it really was. Yeah. Like they, they go to New Orleans, but that's the most un-New Orleans-y like feeling I've I've ever had in a movie. Yeah. Like you don't really get a good grasp of it. It's like, oh, hey, there's some floats. Oh, hey, there's some people playing music. Oh, see, I remember thinking the parade scene was extremely crowded and claustrophobic and what have you. Right. But it was – but like <sighs> – it's like, okay, here's a camera that's doing the little shaky handheld thing, really, really close to people, 
and you never really get a sense of like how big the parade is and like how like the idea should i think should be this girl goes missing in the parade there's a bad guy following her that's separated and the jack reacher is separated from them yeah and eventually kobe smolders is separated from them right very true you should you should have a sense that it's impossible to find them oh yeah i, I right? get what you're saying yeah they're they all find each other way too easy yeah there's Absolutely. just there's just no like panache to how they went about shooting that scene everything is just a close-up shot of a crowd yeah um I, okay no no like can you go back and you think about that first jack reacher film and he gets in that car and he drives and the camera like moves in and out of the car and around oh, it yeah. and stuff like that's filmmaking yeah you know um and then this was just even the fight scenes in this movie were like that we're all close-ups it's the i always say that it's um how you know someone's a bad action director oh how they shoot their fight scenes because if they shoot close-ups where you can't actually see any of the hits and the camera the camera movement is mimicking the hit to make you feel like the hits harder than it really is Ah. then that's a bad director that's a bad action director all right um this movie is full of that from beginning to end fair enough disappointing i can't argue with you um there were moments that i really liked though i really liked um punch my microphone (laughs) don't punch the microphone it's not an action film um yet the the dynamic between reacher and the girl and kobe smolders yeah, character. I really like that dynamic. I liked, um, I liked the ending a lot. Uh, I went with uh, my roommate Chris. I've he met Chris. did not like the movie very much, and he really yeah. did not like the ending. Now, like which ending? Uh, he didn't. It took a while. He didn't like the. Um, you talking about the scene on the roof, or are you talking about the girl, after that? the daughter? No, the daughter. The diner the stu- all all the stuff, stuff with the daughter, and he gets the phone from her, and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, he saw it as um, the story about like him realizing what he's missing. Oh. I didn't really see it that way. I saw it as an acknowledgement of the things that he's given up and that he's okay with it. Ah, okay. Because at the end, he leaves. Yeah, he doesn't stick around. Yeah, it off and yeah. that thumb out. So, so it's, not, it's not like a regret film, I didn't feel like. I felt like it was, um, it was in, in a way, almost less personal. It was... Um, hmm. All like, right. yeah, I'm acknowledging that I don't need or want these things. I I see their value, but I don't need them. Yeah. So. All right. Um, I can, yeah. So there was some stuff that I liked about the movie. Uh, but. Um, I like Colby Smulders, man. I just thought there were a lot of wasted opportunities. Smulders That's, is cool. Another thing I thought was strange was how they're doing a pretty good job of, you know, stealing cars and getting where they need to go and whatnot. See a little light but, in here. But then when they're like, we have got to get to New Orleans, they're they just have to fly? Like I feel like they're already kind of in the yeah. south. I mean, I don't think we gotta do like the most risky thing possible. Yeah, I don't think stealing one more car and driving to New Orleans in maybe a day is really that well insane of an idea. I think I think presumably they're trying to get there to get to the guy before uh before the bad guys do. Yeah, that makes sense so but a even time then, i mean they've got to go through the hassle of of you know using stolen credit cards yeah pickpocketing people who happen to look like them in order to yeah. use their ids and all that like steal a car and drive you guys yeah, one might argue that they didn't if they were really that short on time they didn't have to like check into a nice hotel and like they checked into up. a very nice hotel yeah, they did, that was they? a very nice hotel in the french quarter yeah. which is and not then, not cheap and then the idea that they wind up getting spotted 
because the girl decides to use one of the many credit cards she's stolen. I didn't have a problem with that so I much. I did. I mean, like, you would think that at that point they would have taken the cards away. Or I do agree with that. told her not to use them. I also agree with that. But also the fact that somehow the bad guys knew to be monitoring that the exact cards she happened to steal from all those different girls at that private No, she school. only stole the one girl's backpack. Well, still. I mean, so they knew, they knew whose credit cards they were, and that's how they knew where they were going. Remember? Because they used the credit card to buy... The plane ticket, right? I still think it's shaky. I, I, I don't buy I don't mind that so much. I, I wish they would have found a better way to, to find them. Yeah. I didn't feel like this was illogical other no, than not illogical, but just I mean it's like she uses it for one room order service and then this you know, this room full of these parasaurus guys are like, Boom, the card's been used, let's go. That's I, ridiculous. I, I feel less that it's convenient and more that it's cliche. That's the, that's the problem I have with it. But yeah. um, And the fact that maybe they probably would have talked to her about it. They've already given her the lesson about the cell phone. I feel like, yeah, they probably would have melted but, those cards. Um, uh, yeah. So they go and track down that guy, the the drug guy. the drug Prudhomme. Guy. Prudhomme. Not to be confused with Paul Prudhomme, though. Played by uh, a guy I know. Austin. Oh, really? Good job, Austin. Way to go, Austin. Congratulations. I thought he was very believable. Really good work. And then when they, you know, they meet him and he's a junkie and he's all strung out, but then he's got a flashback to being a, a soldier. Yeah, very different. Convincing yeah. as hell. Yeah, yeah, he's Way very to go. good. Very, Way to go, very Austin. good. He got manhandled by Kobe Smulders. I would, I'd turn down my paycheck if I got to do that. <laughs> I'd be like, you guys keep the money. I'm going to get Smulders. Nice. I probably wouldn't. I'd, I'd, I'd still need the paycheck. Yeah. So yeah, so that was never never quit reaching. Never Jack a Reacher. Whoa. Jack Reacher to Never Go Back is the actual title. Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. In theaters now. Written by Lee Childs. I'll take your word for sure. it. It's like a book of like fifteen there's like fifteen books or something. Fifteen Jack Reacher I books? Think so, something like that. Or wow. 10. He's the um, American James Bond. Yeah. Daniel's dad reads reads those books cool um yeah okay so yeah that was jack reacher never go back hooray we did it, we did it. should Any... we should we pick a, a new movie for oh we were supposed to pick a movie before we talked about jack reacher Whoops. oh yeah oh boy well deal with it suckers our fans they adapt you know they they're tough they're tough people they can adapt yeah let's pick movies out of the bucket okay where's the buck wait is, okay that's really far away hold here hold this Holding Wes's microphone. I've got the yawns. Oh. Uh. What? Kill the bucket. Okay. We're murdering the bucket. Whoa. We're murdering the bucket? Steve passed me a note. But I didn't want to murder the bucket. He said, "We can let it live and murder the bucket." So, oh no! So I'm murdering. Why am I murdering the bucket, Steve? Well, it came to my attention shortly before we started recording today. I'm speaking on the wrong end of the microphone. That uh, very soon there is going to be a 25th anniversary celebration of one of my favorite movies, Dune. Dune's a lot older. We are not watching Dune again. If I'm not mistaken, Dune's about 32 right now. Okay. Um, but uh, this movie has been in the bucket all this time. Mm-hmm. But now that we're coming up on the 25th anniversary, I I had to insist 
that for our next episode, we watch 1991. Sons of the Lambs. Directed by Bobcat Goldthwaite. Beauty and the Beast. Starring a very young Adam Sandler. Really? Julie Brown. Kathy Griffith. Tom Wait. SpongeBob Kinney. Kathy Griffith or Kath- Kathy Griffin? Kathy Griffin. What did I say? Griffith? Griffith. I haven't had any coffee. I just wanted to clarify which Kathy we're talking Kathy about. Kathy Griffin. Okay. Wait, which one's Kathy Griffith? I don't know. Sure okay, well, Kathy, Kathy Griffin. Griffin then. Um, this we'll movie has Kathy been hailed <laughs> as the Citizen Kane of alcoholic birthday clown movies. That might not be an, an exact quote. The movie is Shakes the clown now america and parts of europe have been plagued by these have been being plagued by these clown sightings lately so this is kind of appropriate for two reasons the clown sightings and it's almost the 25th anniversary what's shaking shakes i love this movie i've never seen this movie you're gonna enjoy it it's very funny and i love it a lot i'm very skeptical uh do you enjoy laughter i do i do enjoy laughter do you like movies that take pretty strange turns that you would never expect yeah well now i'm gonna be expecting them because i'm I'm expecting to not expect stuff do you like balloon animals Mm. and pies in the face i like balloon animals not so much pies in the face i like what about watching somebody get a pie in in the face no i'd rather no pie in my stomach well i mean those pies are shaving cream they're not real food pies they're shaving cream that would hurt to get in your eyes uh, the idea is to close your eyes before it gets oh, there. Right. I have a feeling whipped cream in your eyes is no picnic. Either. I bet it's better than shaving cream. Uh, shaving cream is certainly men- more fun to remove. Shaving cream has menthol in it. Yeah, there is that. So Menthol. Shakes the Clown, 1991. Watch it, Viewsters. We're going to talk about it on the next episode. Wes. Shakes the Clown. I know you wanted me to say the thing. Are we only watching one? I think so. Oh, I mean, yes, because of October, I'm sitting here expecting two. Yeah, so we're going to make life a little bit easier on us. We're going to go back to a more regular schedule. We're going to do one movie out of the bucket, one movie in the theater, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully we're going to stick to that. Oh. Yeah? What? I mean, by the time we record next... We'll have seen Doctor Strange. We'll probably have seen Doctor Strange. Uh, somebody in the movie probably talks like that. Okay. You're Doctor Strange. Yeah. Am I? It's uh, also Aren't getting you? very good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Last I saw. No surprises, man. Those Marvel things are, are doing see. it right. Let's just check it now. As of right now. Teach I'm me. not saying when, when now is. but I'm, I'm just... Benedict Cumberbatch. Teach me to be Doctor Strange. Uh, I was Kong Singh in... Star Trek, uh, that second one. What was that one called? Into Darkness. Oh, see, I was sitting here thinking the most recent one was Into Darkness. Beyond. Beyond, Star Trek okay. I was Khan Noonien Singh in Star Trek Into Darkness. My Benedict Cumberbatch impersonation has really turned into more of a Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off impersonating Sloan's dad impersonation. Yeah. Rooney! Right? Yeah. You're an asshole. I want my daughter waiting outside the school by herself. Can you tell what movie I had on in the background while I was working today? Was it Ferris Bueller's Day Off? It was. Are you ready for this? As of right now, 58 critics have chimed in on Doctor Doctor Strange. Wow. 96%. Whoa, that's incredible. 
Almost 60 critics, 96%. Now, the highest is 100. That's true. And this is only four away from 100. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. What's the highest of all of all time on here? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Tales of Halloween. Uh, oh, man. Wes has literally got steam firing out of his ears yeah, right now. It's not. His eyes have changed color. He's strangling a ventriloquist dummy that looks like Barry Bostwick, who was in Tales of Halloween. Mm, he and was. What? He was. He was. And now he's uh, he's ripping his copy of the DVD in half and hurling it at a neighbor like a like a throwing star. Mm-hmm. Jack Reacher? Never Stop Reaching? Yeah. Was the lowest rated out of all of the films we talked about today. Oh. 38. Lower than Tales of Halloween. Lower than Tales of Halloween. Jack Reacher never go back 38%. That's it? That is it. That makes me sad. Uh, let's look at it here. Tales. Man, you gotta have... Why did they have Christopher McQuarrie direct this movie again? Direct. He did, he did the first one. Direct Jack Reacher 2. Uh, he was yeah. busy directing... Jason Bourne 5? No. Oh, wait. That actually exists. Uh, Jason Bourne 6? Tales of Halloween sitting at 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, my gosh. That I would watch seems, Jack Reacher 2 again over Tales of Halloween. That seems uh, misguidedly high. Yeah. Uh, okay, before we sign off, let's find out what Christopher McQuarrie is doing. On Christopher Mike. McQuarrie is directing a movie that wasn't Jack Reacher 2. Academy Award winner Christopher McQuarrie. We call him Chris. I have a photo with him. Oh, yeah? A photo with him once, yeah. He was like, Wes, can I please get a photo with you? And I was like, yes. Well, you look for that. Do you know anybody who goes by Topher other than Topher Grace? Uh, I have known people in my life. Before that 70s show? Yes, yes. Okay. I met a Topher not too long ago. I was like, dial it back, bro. You know, I uh, I saw Jack Reacher at a like a test screening. Oh, yeah? And uh, they had a bunch of us wait afterwards, and they asked us a bunch of questions. And, uh, and I was like, I bet Chris McQuarrie's nearby. And sure enough, as we were leaving, he was walking into the theater to uh, talk about the results. Pretty cool. Uh, all filmography. Director. Did you high five? Yeah, we totally high fived. Radical. He's in production on MI6. Whoa. Probably by, starring Tom Cruise. Yeah, by MI6, I mean Mission Impossible 6. But they're calling it MI6. Mission Impossible. It's a mission. Wait, I forget how that theme song goes. That was James Bond I was just doing. Yeah. Which is, he works for MI6. Right. Mission Impossible is, uh, I can only think of James Bond music. So he's got a CIA operative thing called the Gray Man coming out. Oh, no. He has a murder witness becomes a target of a pair of sociopaths called Three to Kill coming out. The Gray Man was Albert Fish. They can't name a CIA movie after that creepy sicko. Uh... A modern take on the Seven Samurai. Say what? Set in Afghanistan with U.S. Navy SEALs defending villagers called Rubicon. Rubicon? Yeah. Wasn't that just a series on AMC for a short while? Oh. In the year 2199. watching Rubicon for a short while. A starship must, must make a dangerous voyage to the distant planet Isander to save Earth. Blah, 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 blah. What that movie is called that? called Star Blazers. It Whoa, sounds, it sounds like the Gray Man... Isn't Star Blazers like a really famous... No, that... Wait. Yeah, isn't that a really famous anime from like the late 70s and 80s? Star Is it Star Blazers? 
Yeah. What's Hellblazer? That's Constantine, right? Yes. Starblazer. Wow. So he's only directed three movies. Who did? Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they're all the good. Sky's the limit, dude. Maybe he was busy writing. He was writing, been writing Ice Station Zebra. I guess they're nice. Yeah. The Prisoner. Really? The, like, like the old show with the yeah. spear. Whoa! With uh, Ridley Scott. Heard of that guy? The Monster of Florence. Man, this podcast really took a turn, huh? The Monster of Florence. Firenze. Firenze. Uh, I guess we should just end it then, because people are like, why are they still on here? Hey, everybody. If you're listening to this. Thanks. I hope you're having a happy Halloween. Tweet at us. Tweet at us at Stephen Nohowood and VTRT Movies. Tweet your Halloween costumes at us. Whoa, that'd be cool. Yeah. Or even Instagram them at us, because we're on there, too, yep. at VTRT Movies. That stands for View the Right Thing Movies. View the Right Thing I'm probably going to go home and get to work on a movie that I booked for December. I'm excited about that. I won't mention it yet because I didn't get the green light from the producers yet yep. to mention it on the podcast. So I'll. But it is Jack Reacher careful. 3. Jack Reacher 3 trying to reach. Reach for the remote. Reaching for the remote. <laughs> I do like watching things on TVs. All right, everybody. Screens. Wes, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Steve. And? Bon Cinema.